What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Welcome back to another week of Guiltless Pleasures. Yes, we are posting today on a Wednesday. You know, we had a lot happening this week with Real Housewives of New York airing last night, and honestly, just some busyness in my life, but all in a good way. I am moving on to another job pretty soon, and additionally, I have gotten to make some new friends in the city and get to hang out a lot of my friends, you know, Izzy and Ricky, and do a lot of exciting different things. And I can go right to my guiltless pleasure. I have been enjoying every single day Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Sour. If you haven't listened to it yet, you must be under a rock. It has been, like, the album of the week. I mean, obviously, the album of the week. But we, as in we, I mean Ricky and I, went to... The Olivia Rodrigo Sour Patch Kids collab, which is at the Sour Patch Kids store in New York City. I never knew they even had one, but it is, you know, by Times Square. And we got to line up and we were lucky enough to get, I think, one of 50 boxes that were released for the release day of Sour. It is a two pound box that I will never eat. It says Sapatch Kids, Olivia Rodrigo, they're purple, and they have like the stickers of her face that she wears in her promo, and of course a picture of her face and her autograph. Not a real autograph, like a replica of her autograph, which is really cute. It's a butterfly. But we got to be lucky enough to get those boxes after we went inside. Only 14 were left, and the line was still going down the block. So I feel very blessed to have that. And of course, we did a little photo shoot in Times Square by her Spotify. Uh, billboard and additionally her Amazon music billboard and we since then well I should say I have since then decided my top three songs in order number one is traitor number two is good for you and three is brutal I'd love to have a whole episode where I dissect the songs and the music and it's been really cool to see different TikToks and different things reveal what is the you know song she sampled like good for you has misery business uh her album features cruel summer new year's day some Billie eilish songs so that's pretty exciting and there also has been some rumors that she or her team had partnered with tiktok previously to make sure in a sense like it's payola but to make sure that her songs were listed as the number one featured song for TikTok. That way more people were likely to use them in their videos, which then was, you know, essentially free advertising and constant pushing on the most popular app right now. And it is going to, you know, stick with the people at the right age for her audience. And people are saying, you know, she's a mixture of, you know, the younger generation and Gen Z, like this whole mix, and that it's an artist that we are both relating to people that are 17 and people that are 27 are relating to the same stuff in this music, which I find fascinating. I mean, I think it's just called good writing. I think when you have good lyrics, anyone of any age will be able to relate to your music. I'm sure that my mom enjoys Olivia Rodrigo's music. I'm sure I could ask her, have you heard the song, My Deja Vu? And she would say yes, and she'd be able to sing some of the lyrics and 
say that it's a good song. I feel like she would tell me though that it's overplayed at this point because my mom listens to like Sirius XM and like the top 100. So she hears the same songs like every hour whenever she's in the car. So she gets pretty annoyed about that stuff. But I think she would still say she likes Olivia Rodrigo. And speaking of Olivia Rodrigo, it is week two in the high school musical of the series. And of course, I've been watching that. Like I said, Olivia Rodrigo is definitely my guiltless pleasure right now, whether it's the drama that's going on with her and Joshua, the show that's going on and on air, or it's her new music. I have definitely learned to love her so much. My friend Maria in Japan even had me order some merchandise in America to send to my house so I can send it to her because she's a huge fan. So obviously she's spreading all over the world. So it's been a very exciting time to watch this star, you know, just go, like, I don't know, I say this is her star is born, but she's definitely going to be, I think, lasting, like, Taylor Swift, this is like her first album, it's gonna be very important, and I'm excited to be part of the history of her, you know, release day, and have so much fun with my friend Ricky, and get to share this with everyone else we try to have a listening party with my friends is and jerry but timing wise it didn't work out with is getting ready to go to iceland and whatnot but i look forward to doing that when we're all back in town together and some things i thought were interesting were her pr packages that she sent out i thought it was weird that she sent one to Haley bieber i know she's not justin bieber but i think it's weird that she collabed with taylor swift on writing this album or you know sampling her songs and being friends with Taylor Swift and then still being part of the Bieber clan and additionally we had a video released yesterday of Kim Kardashian opening her PR box where North calls Kim out for not even listening to it but Kim says of course I will I can't wait to listen to the album but I think it's funny that Kim said that and the album has been released for days already but maybe it was an old video that Kim posted and then shared on her stories later Either way, I love that she kept in North's audio because that was super funny. And now I'm going to move on to this week's main topic. If you guys don't know already, there has been an announcement and it is that Lindsay Lohan will star in a new romantic comedy about a newly engaged and spoiled hotel heiress who finds herself in the care of a handsome blue-collar lodge owner and his precious daughter after getting total amnesia in a skiing accident. I just read the announcement from Netflix themselves, so they have announced this, and I'm super excited to see that Lindsay Lohan has a new project in the works. I really do think that she deserves lots of respect and kudos. I think that this may not be the, you know, breaking project, or groundbreaking project, I should say, but I do think that people like Robbie Downer Jr., who also had, you know, a past that involved alcoholism and drugs definitely deserve you know a comeback whenever they're ready and I think that she is definitely ready for this I just yeah like Robert Engineer got to do Iron Man on Disney and he was blacklisted so I think that we just need her you know super project and I think her whole career will go back in force like full force I should say at least and I wanted to go over my list now of favorite Lindsay Lohan movies. Now, in order, obviously I'll be missing some. Like I don't talk about George's Rule. It's on my list. I'm going over like my favorites that I own and that I will actually rewatch. Number one is Mean Girls, and that's one of my all-time 
favorite movies. We may already know that my all-time favorite movie, though, is Pretty Woman. But if you want to go over my favorite comedy, immediately I would say Mean Girls. Following that, shockingly to most people, is not The Parent Trap. It's actually Freaky Friday. That was an album of my childhood. I used to remember all, you know, Lindsay's characters, band songs. I still have the CD. And, of course, that means it's a close tie with that, with my number three being Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Also an album I have still to this day, and also music that I have memorized. I mean, you even have Megan Fox in the movie. When you think about how iconic both those movies with Jamie Lee Curtis and Megan Fox are, it's pretty incredible. And I just love both of them. They are definitely comfort movies to me, which most people would say is The Parent Shop. And, you know, number four coming in is The Parent Shop, which is a hard mix up with my four and number five but the parent shop is obviously a timeless movie i have so many so many memories of watching that at my great grandmother's house who i call my mom mom i would watch it on abc you know they would have some disney uh shows play in the morning then usually a disney movie and then also at 8 p.m i believe they'd also play a disney movie on abc and the parent shop was one that was there all time i remember being convinced that Lindsay Lohan did have a twin i did not really learn this until middle school or high school that that wasn't a twin that Lindsay Lohan did, and he did not have a twin sister but I also didn't believe people when they told me that Hilary Duff played you know Isabel and Lizzie in the Lizzie McGuire movie so maybe it just wasn't as advanced as the other kids when it came to that mindset but also going in after Parent Trap is actually one of my favorite movies and not just a favorite Lindsay Lohan movie but one of my favorite rom-coms and that is Just My Luck it is a very cute rom-com about a woman who has the luck, you know, of the whole world on her side, and one day she loses all of it, and she becomes the most unlucky girl in the world. And she gets to fall in love, of course, in the movie, and it's super sweet, it's super cheesy, but it also gave me a reminder, or not a reminder, an idea of what I wanted my life in New York City to be like. She lived in an apartment that had a cute little loft in it, and, you know, of course, it's supposed to look like it's a shitty apartment, but obviously it's not shitty. And if this was actually in Brooklyn, it'd be like thousands of dollars to rent it out. But I love things like that. And that's going to be followed by the movie Get a Clue, which also stars icon Brenda Song. And I believe you can actually watch this one right now on Disney+. Plus. But it's such a fun, like not a murder mystery, but like a mystery. And I believe it had alternate endings on like who, you know, gets away with things, but basically Lindsay Lohan and Brenda Song and her friends become detectives to solve some, you know, things that are going on in their school, and additionally, you have amazing fashion, Lindsay Lohan and her, you know, tiny pink sunglasses, fur coats, and her just amazing closet scene with her and Brenda, super fun, I remember getting this movie multiple times at Blockbuster, I specifically remember making my whole dad's family watch it in Wisconsin one summer. And yeah, I loved Get a Clue. And the last one on my list is going to be Herbie Fully Loaded. Herbie Fully Loaded was a movie that I still own on DVD. Love that one. And it had the song first in it, which was in her album, which we know is Speak. And if you go a couple back a couple weeks back, you can hear me talk about the amazing album that is and how Lindsay Lohan is actually a respectable music artist but gets, you know, shit on just for being 
who she is in the industry and the struggles she's had in her life. Something I do want to bring up is that in 2004, while filming Herbie Loaded, the film took a lot longer than expected because there was some stints in alcohol and drugs, and we also do know that during this time, it was said that Lindsay was hospitalized due to a kidney infection, and it's actually a quote from 2006 about her time in 2004, saying, My liver was swollen and I had a kidney infection, and my white blood cells were accelerated. I was really, really white, like a ghost, and my legs were numb from not walking. My body did not have enough strength to even take a shower. Obviously, from then on, in 2006, there's even more history. She talks about how she was sick with the use of drugs. And then we have the drama that happened in July 2006 while filming Georgia Rule, talking about how she suffered from exhaustion. And there's representatives that have told, you know, various people on the show about how she'll have late arrivals and absences from set due to her illnesses. And um, people, you know, had quotes saying that they refused to accept her behavior as people that were in the cast of the show with her. And then it just keeps on going. Obviously, we all know the history pretty much of Lindsay Lohan's life and the craziness of partying and being a young celebrity at this time. So I want to say that I am obviously really rooting for success for Lindsay Lohan. I really do think she deserves this. She did have a horrible reality show, Lohan Beach Club. I made myself suffer and watch every episode of it, but it was very lackluster when it came to a TV show. And I'm sure MTV was really expecting, though, originally to just be having a reality show where they filmed her life, but instead got a competition reality show, which they had to make the best out of. But after all that, that is my main topic of the week and my guiltless pleasure. So I'm now going on to this week's pop culture recap. Something that has just happened now before I found this podcast is Ariana Grande has revealed her wedding photos with Vogue, and from that we get this story. Vogue posts, What you probably didn't know is that at the Met Gala a few years ago, Ariana and Vera, as in Vera Wang, made a very important pact. On Fashion's Biggest Night, Vera promised when the time came she would create Ariana's wedding day look, and the iconic designer delivered. The end result is a custom lily white silk empire waist column gown accented with sculptured neckline and exposed bra strap closure. A plunging back was befitting of the pop star on her big day. Now, if you go on Ariana Grande's Instagram right now or Vogue, you'll be able to see these beautiful, stunning photos. She looks absolutely gorgeous, and she looks like as young as she did in her first you know, album era, so... Basically, I'm saying she looks like an angel, of course. We couldn't expect any less from Ariana Grande. So congratulations to Ariana Grande. That is some wonderful news. And speaking of wonderful news, Halsey was spotted wearing a ring on her wedding finger while out and about with her boyfriend. If you didn't remember already, Halsey is pregnant with her rainbow baby. She previously had a miscarriage and has had a miracle pregnancy. And right now, we don't know if she is married or engaged, but in today's age, it doesn't really matter. For all we know, it could be a promise ring or a ring she wanted to wear, but I do think that could be very exciting if there is going to be, you know, more development in her relationship. Because I think already being a mother and father, you have a connection that's going to be so different than 
you could even imagine, especially just compared to being a regular boyfriend and girlfriend, you're bringing a life into the world, and obviously they are still very excited over that. And actually, while I'm talking about pregnancies, we do know that Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset has had her baby, I think like two days later or the day later, she went to the MTV Awards, which is crazy. But yeah, we know that she had her baby and we have had some confirmation as well from Mary from the show that Christine and Chriselle indeed have been avoiding each other and that MTV has even placed strategically a different scene arrangement that way the girls would not have to be seated and Mary said this also could be the fact they would not be all able to fit at a table together but we do also know that Chriselle stated that Christine was not involved in any of the cast photos at the red carpet because Christine apparently appeared to the red carpet late. So obviously we don't know a full confirmation on this, but something that I did not know until reading an article recently is that Christine and Chriselle's feud actually stems from the fact that Christine claims that Chriselle was not surprised about her divorce because Chriselle had told Christine previously that the year prior to their divorce that they were in marriage counseling because things were not going well in their marriage so this means like christine was saying at the end of the season that she doesn't believe that chriselle was blindsided and i do think that may have truth to it and you know very well could be the real reason that chriselle is staying away from christine we did talk about a couple weeks ago how none of the cast has congratulated Christine on her pregnancy announcement or for even having the baby, but Mary says the other way around that she actually has sent multiple gifts for the pregnancy announcement and the birth of the baby, and I'm sure we'll see this all in the filming, but we do know from the filming that the cast actually has not been interacting or filming that many scenes together according to the cast as of right now, and we know the twins said they are in good standing with Christine, so I'm very interested to see what the divide of the show will be, or if Christine will be doing like a Vanderpump Rules Stassi movement where she no longer works for the company, but still is a star of the show. Now, I want to go into some keeping up with the Kardashians information. Obviously, I'm a big supporter, and I'm not trying to bring this up to diss Kim in any way. But we do see that in the preview for the new episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that Kim does not pass the mini bar to go further into her career and in her career as in trying to go pursue being a lawyer. We see that she had a lower score than what was meant to be, but we also know that she is doing an accelerated version of the bar and I definitely hope she keeps going after it and obviously I wish her success. I know there has been some drama this week over Kendall Jenner's tequila line and how she is, you know, offending some cultures. And so that obviously I don't support. And I, you know, we'll see what comes of that information and what comes out of it. I don't think there's been an apology stated or anything like that, but I do know there is some drama going over the tequila line. And right now, that's all my Kardashian update. Before I go into my Bravo updates, I do want to talk about this most recent episode of Siesta Key on MTV, my favorite current airing reality show. Of course, as many of you know, I keep telling everyone who listens to this podcast and in real life to make sure you listen to or watch, not listen to, Siesta Key. 
Well, this week on the show, we continue to see the drama between Kelsey and Juliet unfold, and we see an awkward confrontation of Kelsey and Juliet at the end of the episode, just not having an agreement on things. We also get some new cast members, you know, Sam's ex who makes a painting of Juliet but puts her own face on it. Some things that I think are just there for production values. I think they need to add some members um, in an unnatural way because organically you just meet new cast members, but I think they added castmates on this show because they needed people to be in the group's quarantine bubble that had some existing past with the cast. But I don't think the current storylines that they are going through is natural. I think it is forced because they had limited, you know, work environment, well, filming in Florida, and limited opportunities for cast trips. Things like that where drama would really unfold. But we do see that Chloe is really trying on her, you know, big girl panties and owning up to things right away. And she had said that. Kelsey's collection looks like a limited two collection, which I also don't think is a diss. Limited two was an amazing store. I would say that she really meant to say that it looks like what Juliet said, which is a general merchandise collection that anyone could have made. That it looks like a merchandise collection and not a clothing line collection. Well, we do see that Chloe sends Kelsey a letter, which Kelsey refuses to read, which a new full-time star, Joe, reads the letter out loud. And we get only like a less than minute summary of the letter. It's very spliced, but Chloe posted on her Instagram story while the episode aired the full letter from herself to Kelsey. And we see that really the remorse and what she did was realizing that she was going to be mean on camera and that she was still proud of the work that Kelsey put in the swim line but that she knew that it'd be highlighted more that she was comparing it to a limited to like mall shop, you know, version of a clothing line. So I am going to read an excerpt of a very long, long letter that Chloe wrote Kelsey that was not put into this episode saying, I've cried to producers already and shared my heart with Juliet, Camilla, and Amanda about how what I said does not feel right to me giving me confirmation that writing you this letter is how I want to handle the situation. And I think that this is, you know, very honest and very true. I don't think a letter is the best way to go about it. But additionally, this situation, this drama, this scene would never have had to happen if Chloe didn't tell Kelsey this happened because no one was going to tell Kelsey that Chloe called her collection a limited two collection. It would have just came out while being on air that this was said i will say that the cast has seen an extreme amount of hate mail they're starting to post it and talk about how nasty people have been about this season especially against kelsey and i want to say that i am always team juliet and i love juliet porter so much but kelsey actually has my support this season i think some things just aren't going about their, or I don't know, I just, they aren't going about it the right way, and by that I mean Juliet's not going about things the right way, but I will say there's definitely some girl-on-girl action there with Kelsey claiming that it's a possibility that Juliet hasn't paid for anything in this collection, that Sam, who is Juliet's wealthy boyfriend, paid for everything, so there's some things that have been said that I don't support on either end, but I do think that Kelsey has seemed 
to be on the right for the most part. I will say, after the first episode aired of this season of Siesta Key, Madison and Kelsey did an Instagram Live where they did reveal something that was shocking to me. In the preview of the season, you see that Sam says he's going to pay for all of his friends to go to a private island to enjoy themselves for a nice quarantine-styled vacation, which in the Instagram Live, the girls say, well, the island was announced that we were going to be filming there before we even were approached by Sam for the idea, which leads to that production is actually paying for it and the girls definitely say that he essentially did not pay for it production paid for it and they're going to make sam seem like a wealthier person by saying that he paid for everyone to go on this all paid expense trip they said take it as it is it's a reality show and it's a reality show for a reason some storylines are fabricated and some are completely and fully real all right now it is time to go right into this week's bravo updates so when it comes to real houses of beverly hills we had this series premiere I think that it was a good episode. I did not care for the scene with Garcelle and Lisa Renna. I don't think Lisa Renna even owes an apology to Garcelle for the way she treated someone that they were both friends with. Like, okay, who gives a shit? Like, she may have treated Denise that way, but what about it? So did the entire cast. So make the whole cast apologize to you, Garcelle, and not just Lisa Renna. But I do think that Garcelle has some shadiness to her with, you know, talking about how her fish are named after some of the housewives, saying that they don't have, like, nothing going on in their brains, essentially. But I still am excited for Garcelle to continue this upfront, you know, style. I think it's really good for reality television. I think we do need a person like Garcelle that's a go-getter. That's me, the person who confronts Erica the most this season about, you know, possibly knowing more than she's leading on about knowing. So I look forward to the future of the season with Garcelle. I also am looking forward to more Kathy Hilton. I love seeing Kathy, but I already want even more of her. I wish that she got a full-time diamond, but obviously that's not how things work. But we also got to meet our newest castmate on the show at the very end of the episode, who is no other than Crystal Minkoff. And we get to hear a lot about her husband's involvement with the Lion King, I want to say. I don't know. I'm just excited to learn more about her because I feel like we just got like a very, very, very like watered down intro. So hopefully we get to see more on her life starting next week. But this season looks very promising and I hope they are ready to deliver. And it certainly looks like they will be. Oh my god though, and other news two days ago the trailer for real housewives of potomac dropped and let me tell you not only did the commercial drop my jaw dropped this season looks like it's going to be so good they not only gave us like a teaser but it was like a two minute teaser and we now officially know the show is going to air in july and to be exact, July 11th will be the air date of Real Housewives of Potomac. I cannot wait. One of the best Real Housewives franchises. If you haven't watched it yet, make sure you get on that. Something I forgot to mention out of my excitement is that Teddy Mellencamp revealed on her podcast that she will be appearing in this current season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We don't know in what capacity, but we do know that she will be involved in this season. And something that I also want to talk about is, of course... 
Real Housewives of Dallas has officially been green lit for a new project, meaning a new season, but we do not know yet who is going to be in that confirmed cast, so keep your eyes out for that. Obviously, I will be giving updates if I hear anything about Cameron Westcott and the Tiffany Moon saga, but speaking of feuds, I have to go into two things. Leanne and Carrie, and Carrie from the most recent season of Real Housewives of Dallas, have teamed together for some fundraisers, which is shocking that they work together now. So maybe Leanne will have some type of forgiveness, or they'll bring her in for some drama's sake. Who knows? Maybe she can get rehired. I don't really know how Bravo's going to work upon that, but I think if Carrie's able to forgive her, then maybe she could come on. I personally don't care whether or not Leanne comes back on, because she was never my favorite character. But speaking of feud... We had the new episode of Real Housewives of New York come out last night, and Heather Thompson has returned. Holla! But it seems that she will be leaving just as fast as she came back to the show. There is a Breakfast at Tiffany's themed dinner where Heather is confronted about talking about Sonia's new face and additionally confronted about saying that Lou Ann does heavy drugs. Something I noticed yesterday on my way home from work is that Heather re-uploaded the podcast episode that was going to be mentioned in this current episode that is airing of Real Housewives of New York, but the podcast originally was featuring Carol Raswell. We love Carol, always will. But Carol and Heather discussed you know, Sonia's facelift and Luann's use of heavy drugs and having sex with a pirate on their trip, etc., etc., etc. I saw that the episode was re-uploaded of Heather's podcast, and I'm pretty sure that she took out all the mean parts that was mentioned about the other women, which to me is pretty sketchy because if she actually cared, Heather would have removed those parts of the episode of the podcast the moment she was confronted when they filmed the show months ago, not remove it the day of the episode airing. I think that's very shady, but I also have to say that I think Leah's only storylines this season is just throwing other people under the bus. Like how she threw Ramona under the bus the last episode about, you know, the blood that she was supposed to donate, things like that. It's not about her own life, her own storyline. It's just about constantly throwing other people under the bus and starting fights and feuds with the other women. So she's definitely becoming a pot stirrer, which reminds me of how Tamara became in Real Housewives of Orange County, which led to eventually her firing. I don't think Leah's by any means going to get fired anytime soon. Even Brandy himself, not Brandy, Andy himself said last week that adding Leah to Real Housewives was one of the best Real Housewives decisions in all the franchises, meaning that he thinks it's the best thing that he's done casting-wise in the past five years or so. That clearly means that Leah is going to be his favorite and holds a special place in his heart, so I do not think we'll see anything happening to Leah anytime soon. But I do hope that in the reunion this season, they do call her out for being the podster of the whole season, which of course I know this, that every show needs a podster in order to be successful. So I'm not shaming her. I'm just saying I want her other storylines to appear because I loved listening to Leah's life the last season, especially her deep talks with Tinsley. So I want more of that. Please bring back the Leah I know and love. But on another note, I am finishing Summer House this week, and next week I should begin my journey watching Real Housewives of New Jersey. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Stay guiltless.